Hey everyone, I'm Jay Goldberg, the Ontario Director at the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. Uh, this is the Canadian Taxpayers Podcast, and I'm here with my friend and colleague, Franco Terrazano, who is, of course, our federal director. He's holding down the fort in Ottawa. And, you know, Franco, things are really, really tough out there. We know that grocery store prices, in, uh, you know, on average are up about 10%. People are having a really tough time, but you're saying there's some good news on the affordability front. Uh, what do yeah, you have to report is. for us? There is. And it's uh, that the opposition to the Trudeau government's tax hikes, carbon tax hikes, are growing. Uh, I mean, as you know, Newfoundland and Labrador's premier, Andrew Fury, uh, you know, he recently wrote a letter criticizing uh, the carbon tax hike. So I have to explain to you what he said, because it's 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 spot on. Uh, he outlined that Trudeau's carbon tax would have a severely negative impact on people in the province of Newfoundland and Labrador. And he said that added to today's price, the carbon tax hike would result in a total furnace oil cost increase of 80% compared to one year ago. And uh, users of furnace oil in the province tend to be older, live in rural areas and have lower incomes than the provincial average. Uh, Fury also pointed out that further cost increases at this point will only provide diminishing returns in terms of decarbonization while placing undue economic burdens on the people of the province. So that's what Fury said in his letter. And it's great to see more premiers speaking out against the damaging Trudeau carbon tax hikes. Yeah, for sure. You know, in my work out in Atlantic Canada, he, he's been really good on that file. And it's really, really good, I have to say. He's been good on the gas tax too. Um, we are seeing a liberal premier finally speak out. And this is big because we've heard from a lot of progressive conservative premiers, conservative premiers. We haven't heard a lot from liberal premiers. So to hear Fury come out and say something like that about the federal carbon tax, that is huge. And he's not the only premier who's spoken out in recent months. Uh, you want to talk about some others about the carbon tax. So Jay, that was a really good point. Let me just let me just hit that and clarify it one more time because to your point, it's not just the conservative premiers that are speaking out. We have a liberal premier in Newfoundland and Labrador of an Atlantic province who's speaking out. So it's not just a partisan issue. It's not just one party who's talking about how the carbon tax raises the cost of living. Uh, right now, it's a bipartisan issue with that letter from the premier in Newfoundland and Labrador. But, um, you know, of course, not the first premier to, uh, to speak out. We, we've heard the premiers in Alberta, Ontario, Saskatchewan speak out against uh, the Trudeau government's carbon tax. They even took the Trudeau government to court and of course the ctf the canadian taxpayers federation we were official yep. interveners in those court cases against the trudeau government's carbon tax um we've also heard quebec's premier speak out against the trudeau government imposing its co its carbon tax uh in on quebec right stepping on provincial toes but recently Recently, in addition to Newfoundland and Labrador's premier speaking out, we also had Nova Scotia's premier, uh, Tim Houston, sounding the alarm to warn Nova Scotians that tr the Trudeau government is threatening to pummel taxpayers with a massive carbon tax hike because Remember, everyone out there, uh, there's a patchwork of carbon tax deals in Canada. And Nova Scotia had a very special deal where they were only paying, what was it, Jay, like a penny per liter? A penny a liter. 
Yeah, but it looks like Trudeau wants their carbon tax to keep going up as well. So the government of Nova Scotia calculated that the federal carbon tax would cost a, a Nova Scotian household about two grand uh, by 2025 on average and, and about three grand by 2023. Uh, but also we see Manitoba's premier, uh, Heather Stephenson, also called for, for Ottawa uh, to pause the collection of the carbon tax. Yeah, you know, I got to say, definitely in Nova Scotia, Houston's been really good on this file. And and what he's saying is literally gas prices will go up 13 cents a liter if Mr. Trudeau imposes the carbon tax there. And on top of that, Nova Scotia is actually leading the country in terms of greenhouse gas emissions without the Trudeau carbon tax. So Hmm. it just shows you it's all about taxes there. Um, You know, we got to say at the federal level, too, obviously, we have a new conservative leader, Pierre Polyev. He did extremely well. He won in a landslide on the first ballot. Um, You know, Prime Minister Trudeau just announced a new affordability plan. But obviously, uh, it's a far cry from what uh, Mr. Polyev is talking about in terms of scrapping the carbon tax. Can you break down, though, what this this Trudeau plan is and, and, and what it does? Well, you know, first... Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is not serious about making your life more affordable, at least not with the announcements that he that he just did. Right. When it comes to affordability, the Trudeau government essentially breaks your legs, then hands you a crutch that is two sizes too small and then says, well, if it weren't for government, you wouldn't be able to walk. Well, I mean. How about you just reverse those tax hikes that are driving up the cost of living in the first place? Right. But instead of reversing his recent tax hikes. I mean, Trudeau's latest crack at affordability includes some GST rebates and uh, borrowing about another $2 billion to help with some rental, uh, rent and dental bills. Now, look, the GST rebates are a nice gesture for some of the Canadians who will get some of their money back after being overtaxed at the till. But look, two thirds of Canadians won't even see that rebate. And look, uh, and, and just to just to kind of put a bow on that thought, if the government is going to acknowledge that uh, it would make people's lives better if they had more of their own money in their pockets, then why not just cut taxes across the board rather than tinkering on the edges with some rebates? Well, that's exactly right. And as you say, such a big percentage of Canadians aren't even going to benefit from this GST uh, credit. Obviously, it's a good gesture, as you said, but there's way more that needs to be done. But Franco, um, you know, we don't just complain here, of course. We also have solutions for how Canadians' lives can become more affordable, that the government could rip off page off of us if they want. Uh, What do you (laughs) you think, Franco, in terms of some, some options for affordability that the government could pursue for Canadians? Yeah. uh, Three words. Cut taxes now. Okay, look, we are so overtaxed here in Canada. Now, most Canadians probably don't even know just how much money they're sending to the tax man at all three levels. To be honest, full disclosure, I don't even know just how much taxes I pay. I mean, think about the plethora of taxes we have. You got property taxes, payroll taxes, business taxes, income taxes, taxes on taxes. So when you add up all of the taxes we pay to the tax man at all three levels of government, uh, the average family... Uh, pays about 43% of their budget just in taxes, uh, uh, more than $42,000 in 2021 from the average Canadian family's budget went to all levels of government in the form of taxation. Now, the Fraser Institute put out that report, and according to the Fraser Institute, what we are paying in taxes 
is more than what we spend on the basics, the necessities like food, housing, uh, and clothing combined. Combined, Jay. And, and yeah. also, too, if we were to bring our tax level back down to 1961, even adjusted for inflation, it would save the average family about $25,000 every single year. So when we talk about affordability, there's two yeah. aspects, right? What, number one is how much something actually costs. What is the cash on the dash? What is the price at the till? But the second is, well, how much money do you have in your pocket to pay for the price? And mm -hmm. now think about it. If families had thousands and thousands of dollars in their pockets more, from tax relief every single year, then all aspects of life would be more affordable from dental bills to housing, to groceries, to gas. Now, politicians could cut taxes, right? They could immediately make life more affordable today. But the problem is Canadians are paying too much tax because politicians are wasting too much money, right? They're wasting hundreds of millions of dollars on companies like Bombardier, um, or pay raises for 300,000 bureaucrats during lockdowns or spending thousands of dollars on a sex toy show in Germany. <laughs> so you know what? Stop wasting so much money and start cutting taxes now. Yeah, that's exactly right. And that, that story in Germany always gets me there. Uh, you know, clearly the Trudeau government is just ignoring the unaffordable elephant in the room. Uh, the Trudeau tax hikes are just making everything more expensive and we know the carbon tax, it's brutal now, but it's only going to get worse and worse every year as we yep. keep going here. The carbon tax right now increases the price of gas 11 cents a liter. That's going to hit almost 40 cents a liter by 2030 if Trudeau's plan goes all the way through. And we also know that families are losing out on hundreds of dollars every year, even with the rebates. You have this line out of the federal government that somehow we're all better off because of these rebates. Actual studies from the parliamentary budget officers show they're wrong and households are losing money and they're just gonna be losing more and more money in the years ahead. If you're making more than $40,000, your federal income tax bill, it's going up because we're about to have the fourth annual payroll tax hike in a row, not one, not two, not three, four in a row, <laughs> including during the pandemic. And, you know, if all that drives you to drink, the government's going to keep raising your alcohol taxes every year. We've been doing that since 2017. Uh, anyway, we'll talk more about that. But uh, Franco, thanks for coming on. And if our listeners want to learn more, we'll include a link to Franco's column in the show notes that ran nationally in the sun. It's all about affordability. It'll be in the show notes. Um, anyway, thanks for joining us. Now we call balls and strikes here. Sometimes when a politician does something good, sometimes in the rare chance, we praise them. When politicians do something bad, well, we have our friends like Jay who run after them with a bat. And Jay has been hammering away at uh, the government of Newfoundland and Labrador for its pop tax. Uh, but Jay, you know, you were saying that this is really just a tax grab. And you were talking about how um, before the show, you were looking through Sobey's flyer. <laughs> and, and, and you said that it proves that it's a tax grab. So why don't you explain to the listeners what you've been uh, what you've been up to? Yeah, I wasn't just looking at a grocery store flyer from another province for no reason. Uh, obviously, prices in Newfoundland are interesting in general, but uh, no, I'm looking at POP in particular because on September 1st, Premier Andrew Freire, he implemented a 20 cents per liter, and that's a dollar per case of Coke, by the way, but at 20 cents per liter tax on POP that has sugar in it, but it's applied at the wholesale level and not at checkout counters. What that means is it's a hidden tax. 
So if you're checking out at the grocery store, they don't apply it at the end so you can see exactly how much you're paying. It's applied before it even gets to the grocery store. And what that means is Newfoundlanders and Labradorians, they don't even know how much extra they're paying hmm. for this tax. So it doesn't even make sense that somehow the tax is going to influence behavior. But I also looked at the flyer because we were showing that, of course, the price of diet pop is going to remain the same as regular pop. There's wow. no way. If you're going to go to uh, you know, a Burger King and you get a large pop with your burger there, that somehow there's a sign on the fountain machine that says, come back and pay an extra whatever cents a liter when you're filling it up in your regular Pepsi pump instead of your diet Pepsi pump, there's no way. So, you know, this stuff, it's applied at the wholesale level. And what we're seeing in the grocery store flyers is that the price of regular and diet pop, it's still the same, it still lines up. So either way, the whole idea, it's just nuts. It's not actually doing anything to influence behavior because prices for regular pop, diet pop, they're still the same. It's just taxpayers that are getting hit even larger with these higher and higher costs. And we know bottom line, this is all for the $9 million of extra tax revenue that they want in St. John's, that they want the legislature. If this was really about health, there's no way they'd be applying this at the wholesale level. Yeah, and talk about the worst possible time to take an extra $9 million from taxpayers, like whoever it's going to end up coming from, right? So we're taught you you talked about the pop, the diet pop. I think you made a good argument as to why it's really not going to reduce the consumption of those sugary pops. And it's crazy to think that it's being applied to the diet sodas as well. But like, I, I just want to know for more background, there's there's other types of sugar drinks people can have or, or food that they can consume. So are these other types of sugary foods or drinks also going to be hit with the tax? Well, not a lot of them. And so this is one of the really, really dumb things that has to do with the sugary pop tax, because, uh, you know, if, if you want to go have a can of Coke, uh, maybe that's got 140 calories, something like that. But, you know, uh, that's going to be taxed. But if you or I, we, we want to go to Dairy Queen, get like an extra large blizzard with all the calories and everything in it that we want. Uh, you know, that's going to have over a thousand calories in that uh, in that ice cream. You're not going to get some special tax on there. So literally a can of Coke, 140 calories, you're gonna get taxed. You wanna get a thousand calorie blizzard at Dairy Queen, no tax. So the only thing that this is gonna do is that we're gonna have loss of weight in taxpayers' wallets, not actually <laughs> loss of weight when you're standing on the scale. And like, who knows, people might just get more overweight because they're gonna change from pop over to ice cream. So it, it's just a really, really stupid tax. It makes no sense. And clearly it's just a tax grab. You know who needs to go on a diet anyways? Like, come on, these governments, right? Like how bloated these budgets are, man. And even before the pandemic, these there's so much fat on these budgets. Uh, those yeah. are the people who really need to go go on go on a diet. Not people, but let's say the governments. governments. Okay, Jay, so uh, obviously we don't want this type of tax uh, to be spreading across other provincial uh, jurisdictions, right? When, when one politician does something bad, sometimes we see that bad idea pop elsewhere. But the thing that we should talk about is... Um, is the other types of tax hikes that are going on across Canada. So Jay, can you, can you kind of outline what, what other tax increases are happening right now? Sure. I mean, let's talk about alcohol, you know, um, Friday evening, you like to sit home, relax, have a beer, maybe a glass of wine. Well, your taxes keep going up. And this is, you know, it's a novel creation. The Trudeau government had, they made this decision in 2017 that, 
so that they wouldn't have to be seen hiking our taxes every year on alcohol, or at least voting to hike our taxes every year on alcohol, they've decided to put in what's called an escalator. So every year our taxes on alcohol go up anyway, and we don't have to watch these politicians, or we don't have the opportunity to watch these politicians in the House of Commons stand up and vote for tax increases. So this is a tax by stealth, it's hitting Canadians harder and harder every year. And I think it's important for people to know half of the price of beer is taxes. 65% of the price is wine is taxes. And more than 75% of that tequila shot that you and me took last weekend, that was taxes too. So, I mean, it's really, this is taxed by stealth. It's been so since 2017. And this is one of the worst kind of tax hikes you can see because politicians don't have to stand up every year and vote to hike your taxes when they can do this automatically. That's a huge danger. As I said, it's taxed by stealth and this alcohol tax. It's getting so out of control when half or more of the price of like every type of alcohol is just taxes. Okay. Uh, bear with me here. So, well, first, no, no, hold on a sec. Jay. I, you told me you weren't going to bring up last weekend. Okay. So I'm a little bit upset with you. I spent way too much money and now I'm even more upset that the, that a lot of it was, uh, was the government taxes. Okay. So bear with me here. Cause I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant because yeah. there's another tax that's coming into place federally. And I am so worried about some people who are going to lose their job. And it's the Trudeau government's luxury tax. So now if you can afford uh, a, a fancy car, a, plane, a private plane or, or a new boat, you might be hit with another with a luxury tax on that. And, and look, I'm I don't uh, begrudge anyone if you can afford a, a fancy Porsche or anything like that. But those aren't the people who I'm going to be worried about with this new luxury tax. I'm worried about the middle class Canadian workers who are going to lose their job because of this luxury tax. And that's exactly what we saw in the United States when they tried their hand with this ill thought out form of luxury taxes back in the early 90s. You had President H.W. Bush. Uh, who back in the day, he broke his read my lips vow of no new tax hikes when mm -hmm. he brought in luxury taxes. But the luxury taxes, they led to 25,000 job losses in the boat building industry, led to thousands of additional job losses in other parts of the economy, including people who provide the parts and materials for the boat building industry. In fact, the luxury taxes sent so many people to the ranks of the unemployed, that about two years after Bush brought in the luxury tax in 91, you had Democratic President Bill Clinton essentially repeal all of the luxury taxes because they made a mistake. The luxury taxes, they hurt the middle-class American workers. You know, so we're not really here worried too much about people who might have to pay a little bit more for the Ferrari. We're worried about the Canadians who are going to lose their job. And there's already evidence here in Canada to suggest that similar amount of pain is going to be inflicted on the Canadian workers. We've seen different industry associations reach or speak out saying it's going to lead to lost Canadian jobs. But also, the parliamentary budget officer says that the luxury tax, Trudeau's luxury tax, will lead to about $2.9 billion in lost sales. Well, guess who takes it on the chin? when sales go down by $2.9 billion. The Canadian workers who are no longer needed to build or service as much boats, planes, and cars. So, so that's what we're worried about with the Trudeau government's luxury tax. We're worried about more job losses at the worst possible time. Now, to our supporters who are listening, we need you to take action. So if you're in Newfoundland and Labrador, if you're on the rock there, now would be a pretty good time to uh, send Premier Fury an email. But also to all of our Canadian supporters, reach out to your MP, tell them, hey, 
We're paying way too much taxes, and there's no way that you should be dreaming up new schemes to take more money from Canadian pockets. Just stop wasting so much money and lower some taxes now. Anyways, Jay, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, great to be with you. Also holding down the fort in Ottawa is our vet investigative journalist, James Wood. Uh, Jimbo, you got another great story for us. And uh, you know what? This is going to sound like a little bit obvious. The only people who may not know that this obvious statement is true is uh, government bureaucrats. But uh, you've dug up some more documents that show, surprise, surprise, people don't want a home equity tax. So, yeah, the, the government's own study showed 95% of people do not want a home equity tax. And uh, just, to, just to recap, a group made Generation Squeeze. They had got just under half a million dollars from CMHC to study and promote a home equity tax in Canada, despite the feds swearing up and down they'd never bring in a tax like that. Like That's been a repeated theme multiple times. They try to, there's been some chatter about it before. Every time that comes up, the feds say, oh, no, we'd never, ever do that. But um, it turns out that uh, CMHC studied the commentary on social media after Generation Squeeze's big report came out in January. And this big report was advocating in favor of home equity tax. They were breaking down how it might work, how it might be rolled out, that kind of thing. And uh, obviously a bit of a, uh, a uh, controversial topic. So CMHC, they decided to watch how people were talking about it online in some way, shape or form. So their own report pulled comments from just over 3,000 people on social media from January 5th 2022 to January 10th, 2022, those five days after the, the report was first published. And uh, like I said, 95% of the people uh, surveyed in that time were not in favor of the tax. So that's not exactly a resounding win for that kind of policy. Yeah. yeah, no kidding. People can't afford homes. The last thing that we want is more tax hikes. Now, let me just provide a little bit of uh, context here with the report. So Generation Squeeze gets this ta these tax dollars, right? And um, essentially, they try to write a report on how to improve housing affordability. So how in the world can they recommend a home equity tax to improve affordability? I mean, look, Tax hikes don't make things more affordable. Tax hikes make everything more expensive. And it was great to see that the vast majority, or at least even the CMHC recognized that the people on social media commenting didn't buy Generation Squeeze's spin. They're like, no, 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 a home equity tax would increase prices. So it's good to see that, you know, just a random sample of social media commenters have a better understanding of economics than Generation Squeeze. But, you know, James, Jimbo, <laughs> we do have a housing affordability uh, issue here in Canada. Now, I I've never heard of a tax hike used to build a home. But uh, but Jimbo, I mean, what do you think about this housing affordability issue? Yeah, like it's it's a bit hard to build a house out of red tape and government debt. Just it's just it's not going to work. <laughs> but I mean, it, it turns out we actually have some good news on this whole issue in the first place. Uh, surprisingly enough, in that same package of records that we got back from CMHC, uh, we found emails between senior officials at the at CMHC talking back and forth about the idea of cutting off future funds to Generation Squeeze for this kind of work. Um, from what the records actually show us, uh, the decision was that kind of decision was first raised while CMHC officials were discussing back and forth how to respond back to my own questions about the organization giving uh, another 200 grand to Generation Squeeze back in the spring. The, they were given that money to Generation Squeeze to uh, essentially lobby in favor of home equity tax, try and convince public opinion that's a good idea. Now, during the back and forth, after they were called on the carpet for giving that money over for that particular purpose, the CMHC's uh, Wendy Pollard, she raised the idea of having the $200,000 grant run its course 
and not giving any more money after that to that kind of work. Um, in her words, this again, quoting from emails here, it was not worthwhile to give more money to support that tax advocacy work. So uh, did the CMHC actually follow through on not giving them any more money? <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Uh, from what CMHC told me after I saw that email and asked them about it, I'd be 99.9% .9 certain at this time that money won't be flowing anytime soon. I got in touch with the organization and they confirmed to me that it followed Paula's recommendation to cut funding for any future home equity tax, uh, for any home tax advocacy work. And... Personally, I take that as a big win because, I mean, any time we can keep the federal government from spending more money on new ways to get more money out of us, uh, pretty good time. Uh, the only trouble is that CMHC wouldn't give me a firm answer on whether mm -hmm. or not it would rule out any future funding for home equity tax research or future funding for generation squeeze. So small, small win there, but uh, still a bit of good news. But that's where we're going to have to keep our eye out on there, though, hey, in the future funding. Yeah. Yeah, like exactly. Any signs or movements by the federal government to bring in a new home equity tax will be on that and advocating for taxpayers' money to be used properly. In the meantime, I'll be waiting for uh, my last round of A-tips to come in on the topic. Uh, again, the feds have sworn up and down. They never, ever consider home equity tax, but then they pull moves like this. So it just goes to show we need to be constantly on guard for any kind of move by the federal government to bring in a home equity tax. Just be watching for it always. Yeah. For sure. And, and look, like there's two things that Prime Minister Justin Trudeau needs to do now. Number one, cut, cut, cut all the waste out of this budget. I mean, stop throwing around money left, right and center. I mean, we don't need to be spending thousands of dollars on sex toy show in Germany. Right. So cut <laughs> the fat instead of dreaming up new ways to tax Canadians. That's number one. But number two, look, if Trudeau isn't going to come after Canadians, with a new type of tax on our homes, then he has to make it absolutely clear that his government will not be funding any more home equity tax propaganda and that his government won't be funding any more research from Generation Squeeze. So anyways, on that note, look, we're going to keep our eye on this ball route and keep hammering away at any signs of any type of home equity tax in the future.